0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. After the fiscal snapshot, you remember that, right? A couple of days ago, you remember $348 billion, $343 billion, give or take $5 billion. Deficit. Um, and uh, over a trillion dollars in national debt. So we are in generational debt. Massive and generational debt. So, I got to thinking about um, an open letter that was sent in May by uh, the McDonald-Laurier Institute to the Prime Minister, federal government, and it was signed by distinguished Canadians, and the uh, title of the letter was Beyond Lockdown, and that, of course, was a reference to the coronavirus lockdown. And academics and distinguished Canadians challenge the federal government to rely less on expert opinion in decision making and make the hard choices themselves for Canada. After all, you know, just saying that's what we elect them to do. We don't elect them to just hand off to somebody else and hold, you know, daily news conferences. And I, I had to say this. Uh, I was listening to Mr. Trudeau for, for the last number of months and every day I would think if I, if I, if I, if I, if I shove in another quarter, well, I get a different answer anyway. Anyway, uh, we spoke at the time of Beyond Lockdown with uh, one of my favorite guests on this program, Professor Ken Coates, Canada Research Chair in Regional Innovation at the Johnson-Triyama School of Public Policy at the University of Saskatchewan, uh, signatory to Beyond Lockdown. And uh, Professor Coates' books include What to Consider if You're Considering University and A Global History of Indigenous Peoples' Struggles and Survival. So, uh, Professor Coates is back with us on the Roy Green Show on the Corus Radio Network. Ken, thank you very much for taking the time on this Sunday. And if I look at the, uh, the fiscal snapshot and then I look at the open letter beyond lockdown and I want to make a connection with the two, what, what do I see? What do you see when, when you think of the two?
1: Well, I see a country that should be a little bit more worried about the future than it is right now, to be honest. Um, the fiscal uh, expenses were necessary at some at some extent to get us through the crisis. Uh, but we penned that letter quite a few weeks ago, basically saying, okay, fair enough, we've got to look after the health care. We can do everything we possibly can to social distance and everything else. But let's talk about getting the economy going again. And my worry right now is the government's way of talking about that is to say, don't, don't worry, we're going to spend more money. Um, we've got a recovery plan. Well, a recovery plan really has to be a sort of a unleashing the economy plan. And those could be quite different things. So if the government of Canada thinks it's going to spend its way, you know, we spend its way through the epic pandemic, that was something we probably had to do. Um, but if they think they can spend our way out of it, I think they're fundamentally wrong. And then the question has to become the, a, a conversation we're not having. What do we need to do to get entrepreneurs going, businesses up again, going up again, getting people back employed? You know, we have had a catastrophic collapse of small business in this country. And I don't know what it's like in your backyard, but I'll tell you in Saskatchewan, you know, you're losing a lot of small businesses. How do we get them back again? How do we get new businesses going? That should be the conversation for the country right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dan Kelly was on the program with us yesterday, the President and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. He's been a regular guest as we... Uh, made our way through the very painful time of the pandemic and detailed uh, to us on a on a weekly basis the pain and the stress for small business in this country. And we spoke to small business owners. Uh, one small business owner in Calgary broke down in tears on on the air as he anticipated what was going to happen to his business. And I said something to uh, to uh, to to Dan yesterday, Ken, and that was. One of the problems that I see, and we were talking about how slow it is, that seems to be to roll out what the small business really requires, you have bureaucrats trying to manage the affairs of entrepreneurs, and that doesn't work.
1: It, it doesn't, and you, you can't pick winners. I mean, governments always think they can. Uh, they have this idea they can sort of you know, you know know pick exactly the right thing that's going to work. Governments work very, very well when they create the preconditions for success. That has to do with manageable, manageable regulations, a, a secure regulatory environment It has to do with tax rates and things of that sort, proper infrastructure, make sure the roads work, the Internet works, things of that sort. There are certainly wonderful things governments can do that help get an economy going. But I think we, we, what we're missing right now is a near absence of empathy for small business and, and medium-sized business and even some big businesses. You know, there, we got this mindset where we focused on the individuals, and that's perfectly fine. We had to keep people healthy and safe. But now we have to get them employed. We need more wealth in the economy. And I would really like to see governments across the country, provincial governments, federal governments, indigenous governments, talking about what they can do to actually get, get the economy going again in what is going to be a completely different world. The American meltdown is not finished yet. Um, the changing role of China is really upsetting. Opportunities are emerging in India and South Asia we're not paying enough attention to. Britain is reorganizing itself around the European Union. There's a, we've got a whole series of opportunities that are there for us to grab onto. But, in fact, what we're still too busy talking about are, you know, what is the government going to do to save us? Well, the government saved us in an emergency, perhaps, but they're not going to save us through sort of more spending on a whole bunch of more projects uh, to keep us going. We, there's limits as to how that actually works. And we yep. need to figure out what we can do to give lots of hope to big small business people, to get them to hold on an extra couple of months and even having conversations about, you know, you know, holidays at home, making sure we get out and going to the resorts and the hotels and the restaurants, making sure we, we go to small businesses and perhaps stopping on, stop shopping online as much as we're doing. We really have to get this going or, or this country is going to be in for a really long and cold haul.
0: Yeah, when I hear comparisons, numeric comparisons to the worst year of the Great Depression, nineteen thirty, numeric comparisons to what's happening in Canada now in nineteen thirty, that is really an attention getter. Now we also didn't hear from Mr. Morneau last uh, Tuesday. The uh, The fiscal snapshot came out. There was no roadmap. There was no triptych to recovery. There was no plan announced. And yet we also had just uh, at the time that you and I were talking about the Beyond Lockdown uh, open letter, Mr. Trudeau committing Canada to help developing nations recover from the pandemic without providing any details to Canadians and making this promise during a U.N. virtual conference. Canada's parliament had no input. That's worrisome.
1: It, it is. And I think one of these, I think this is a, an intense time as we've ever seen for nonpartisanship. Uh, when it isn't about liberals and Tories and NDPers and Bloc Quebecois. It isn't about fraction parties, provincial parties, or things of that sort. It's really a question of what can we do collectively to get things going. And I find it really fascinating because the, the, the good thing about the, the pandemic response is it stopped us from panicking, it stopped us from getting overly excited about. You know, are we going to be able to feed our kids next week? And that, that, that was really good. The bad thing about it is it made Canadians are a very complacent country. Uh, people, we, we, we just sort of assume the world will look after us and that everything will be okay. And, and I'm not so confident right now. I think there's so much turmoil in the world, and we're not going to see a catastrophe that's going to happen in five minutes. We're going to see the slow bleeding. And when I go and look at the, the local Munchie shop close to us that closed down a couple of weeks ago, and in one shopping mall near us a one out of every four stores that were there three weeks ago are gone. you know and I this is not this worries me enormously, and we have to get working on it collectively.
0: immediately, immediately. Ken, Absolutely. thank you so much, thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thanks for the time today.
1: You take care bye
0: now bye-bye professor ken Coates from uh, the university of saskatchewan canada research chair in regional innovation at the johnson Triyama school of public policy and uh, one of his books is global history of indigenous peoples struggles and survival if you want to hear more subscribe to the roy green show on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you find your favorites